What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. A post-field trip. We took another field trip, you guys. Yeah, that's right. Uh, for uh, Destination Unknown. But, uh, you know, who knows? Right. You may find out soon enough where we were. Yes, that's just a bit of a teaser, but I digress. Today we are not talking about field trips, but we are talking about something that's also close to uh, both of our hearts, right, oh, Scott? Definitely. So we're talking about um, muscle cars, but in particular, the most underrated American muscle cars. And there's a lot of lists out on, on you know, out on online. Yeah, to be able to find this many, many places, and you know, search different things like forgotten muscle cars, sure. unwanted muscle cars. Muscle cars that may have flown under the radar, things like underestimated muscle cars. That's a good one, underestimated, and that's kind of what we're talking about: is the ones that don't get all the press. You know, these aren't the Hemi Barracudas. These aren't, you know, the uh, I don't know the uh, I guess the Boss Mustangs. Right. Yeah. (laughs) The ones that get all the press. You know, the ones that uh, that that garner the most attention. Magazine covers and stuff. The '69 Plymouth Barracudas. You know, those uh, those these aren't those cars. These are the other cars that you don't hear much about that were maybe. You know, there, there's a dealer option for a bigger engine sure. that not many people know about. And, um, you know, again, not the ones that everybody's heard about because yeah. there's, there's special edition Camaros I know that people talk about. Isn't that the ZL1, I think, was the mm-hmm. aluminum engine Camaro? Yep. We're not talking about cars like that. We're talking about some other lesser-known vehicles. The also-rans of the muscle car world. Oh, sort of. Well, okay, also ran does imply that they would lose, but these are not loser cars. Definitely not. These are cars that are extremely strong that uh, the people just don't know about. Now, point of order here, Scott, before we embark upon what may well be a contentious podcast, <laughs> let's let's get our ducks in a row here, disclaimer-wise. Uh, my friend, when we did our previous episode on muscle cars, we talked a little bit about the tricky definition of muscle cars. Yeah, and you know, this is something that I feel that the list that we're going to talk about today really don't adhere to this to this definition. 
And you'll find out why as we talk about it, because it's a very strict definition that comes from a site called musclecarclub.com. Yep. And you can search this online, find it easily enough, and and really pour over it and try to understand it, because they have a, a great listing of cars that they consider muscle cars and cars that they do not consider muscle mm. cars. And there's a lot of surprises on that list. Yeah, you might find some of your favorite muscle cars on the not a muscle car list. Yeah, and there's different categories. And I'll tell you why. Now, uh, before I read the definition, I'll tell you that there's a strict definition definition of a muscle car that I'll read. There's also a full-size muscle car. Then there's pony cars and compact cars. Then there's personal luxury cars and luxury cars. And then there's two-seat sports cars. Now, two-seat sport cars are, are often, often considered muscle cars right. by a lot of people, as are the pony cars and sometimes the compact cars. And, and in some cases, I guess, these full-size muscle cars. Now, again... This site uses a very strict definition, and we like it on the show because it gives us an easy defining line. You know, true, yeah. But we're gonna uh, we're going to uh, expand on that. I know because a few of these that here we're going to talk about, I know, are pony cars, and we'll we'll get to all this. I promise. But but let me read the definition, and you can try to piece this together as we go through if it fits the definition or not. And. This may require a, a lot of uh, you know digging around on your part if you really want to dig into this. I'm not Listen sure. carefully. Okay, so yeah. here's the strict definition of a muscle car from musclecarclub.com. A muscle car, by the strictest definition, is an intermediate-sized, performance-oriented model that is powered by a large V8 engine at an affordable price. Now, most of these models were based on regular production vehicles. These vehicles are generally not considered muscle cars, even when equipped with large V8s. You see where we're getting tricky here, Ben? Right. This is getting a little bit more complex. So the last line in this is, if there was a high-performance version available, it gets the credit and not the vehicle that it was based on. Mm-hmm. Now, it gives some examples like the Buick G5, uh, the Chevro- uh, yeah, Chevrolet Chevelle SS, uh, the Dodge Charger RT, the Ford Torino Cobra, the Plymouth GTX, Plymouth Roadrunner, Oldsmobile 442, the Pontiac GTO. You know, there's a list for each one of these different uh, different categories that we're talking about. But we're talking about muscle cars today. And you can see that as far as like a strict definition, the list that we follow, uh, you're going to find a lot of variance here. You're going to find that most of these cars really don't follow the strict adherence of a muscle car definition. I agree. We're using this strictest of definitions pretty much as a way of framing the conversation. What I like to say when I was saying earlier on the weekend to my dog, who wasn't listening as I researched this, uh, we are respecting the line, but that doesn't mean we're going to tow it. That's what you told your dog? Your dog? I talk to my dog a lot, man. You know, I just got a dog again, so we we have long one-sided conversations. (laughs) Good for you, man. That's good. All Uh, right. All right. Let's kick it off. Let's kick it off with, uh, you know what? Tell you what. I want to go somewhere... Uh, a little different first because uh, there was a Jalopnik article that I, I do want to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, just we can we can quickly go through this, I guess, if you sure, like. Sure, sure. And then I want to get to uh, what I consider a really solid list of ten overlooked muscle cars. So Jalopnik asked the question, or rather, writer Patrick George asked the question. Uh, Patrick George used to write for us, by the way, here at How Stuff Works. No he way. Did. Yeah, he did. He did. Oh, he was okay. a freelance writer. I feel like I've seen his name before. Yeah, yeah, excellent. He's a great writer, and uh, he uh, he moved over to Jalopnik, I guess. And uh, it's quite, it's a question of the day. This comes from you know recent. It's uh, July tenth of this year, mm-hmm. and he asked the question: What's the most underrated American muscle car? And he says, you know, as you tune into um, you know these Saturday Sunday afternoon shows, you're going to find that you know there's a lot of classic American iron that's displayed there. Most of them are kind of the the mainstream, you know, Mustangs, Corvettes, Camaros, sure. Firebirds, etc. But 
Yeah, you know, and those cars are great, you know, according to him and according to most people, I think, really. I uh, find that, you know, some of these older American cars are really, really pretty cool. But the question is, what are the un- the most underrated American muscle cars of all time? And that's the tricky question. Because if they're underrated, typically you haven't heard of them. You have to do some digging around. You'll have <laughs> right. to have, have had some personal experience. You'll have had to have somebody who in your, you know, your family knows or that you knew personally that, that had one of these and that, that tells, you know, tall tales of, of how fast it was on the back roads or in something the good like old that. Days. Exactly right. So, you know, it, it becomes just a question that they throw out to their listeners and uh-huh. they got a, a huge variety of responses. Some of them, I don't know, some of them I, I question. Some of them are pretty solid. Yeah. You know, now you yeah. get things like, um, you know, the Grand Torino GT and you're going to get the AMC Javelin. Mm-hmm. Um, here's someone who wrote in with the Lincoln Mark 7 LSC, which that's, I'm not exactly sure, but they're, it says, you know, the listener says, well, they're pretty rare. They're kind of cool looking and they're pretty fast, but, um, is it really a muscle car? No. No. No, it's definitely not. Um, how about the, uh, the Buick GS 455 stage one? Definitely. Yeah, I would yeah, say that's, uh, that's definitely that's a really good pick. I would say so too. So it's kind of like the long lost brother of the Chevelle SS 454. <laughs> I like uh, that if you description. Want to put it that way. Now here's one that comes from uh, what they called the Malays era. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is the uh, Buick Grand National, and uh, that makes perfect sense to me. That seems like, you know, I understand not really a muscle car, but it comes from an era where cars were pretty weak. Cars were pretty. Uh, I don't know, standard, I guess. They were pretty sure. boxy. So in the context of that time. Yeah, in the context of the time, it seems it makes perfect sense to me to include the Buick Grand National. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, a car that we're familiar with here, the GMC Cyclone. Oh, yeah, we've got a whole podcast on that if you haven't checked it out yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the uh, Jensen Interceptor uh, Mark III, uh, that is one that had, I believe it had the Chrysler 440 engine in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's how, why. Yeah, exactly. How can you not pick that? Now, that's not an American <laughs> car, though. That's the uh, that's the other thing. So, see, this list has, it kind of goes all over the place, right? Uh, what about the Plymouth Duster 340? The four speed it weighs just 3,200 pounds. I mean, it's a pretty strong car. Big hood scoop has the looks of a muscle car. Yeah, more of a pony car, maybe. I, I don't think know. so. Yeah, I, don't I know. think so. All right, tell you know what? Tell you what, Ben, we're going through these awful darn quick. Should we just jump over to our 10 overlooked muscle cars and maybe pick it up there? Yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead and do that uh, and go into a little more detail. One thing we should say, out of fairness to Patrick, his choice was the AMC AMX, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good choice, an absolutely solid choice. I love that one. So, yeah, uh, yeah, good, good choice. And uh, actually, it's a it's a pretty good uh, pretty good read if you guys want to go over to Jalopnik and look for the the ten most underrated muscle cars. Uh, check it out. You'll you'll find a variety of responses to this and lots of photos right. and, and a lot more detailed information. But the list that I would really like to concentrate on here, Ben, uh-huh. is one that's called 10 Overlooked Muscle Cars. And it comes from a place called uh, ModdedMustangs.com. All right, so this is a list that was uh, it's a few years old, Ben. It comes from 2010, but uh, I believe it's still very relevant. Yeah, well, let's just dive in here, buddy. Uh, number 10, if I may do the honors. Of course. Uh, it's the 62 Chevy Nova SS327. Mm-hmm, that's right. And a lot of people will think, wait a minute, no one ever put a V8 in an early Chevrolet Nova, or at least Chevy didn't do it. But they absolutely did. In 1962, GM Corporate announced that they would be able to uh, provide a dealer option for a 300, uh, 327 and a four-speed that could be swapped into a Nova body. Now, the Nova SS327 had no special badges at all. Yeah, nothing so, showy. Yeah, that's right. So the only visual difference between an, an inline-six and a V8 car were the dual exhaust tips. 
Mm-hmm. Pretty important point to uh, you know make here because on the street, you know that sleeper capability. That's what you really wanted, right? Yeah. This I this is weird because to me this is almost a sleeper car. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You I know? mean, I would guess so because um, you know you think it's a, a kind of a, a lazy car, and I say lazy, but they were all pretty strong. But right. an inline six car rolls up, and it's it's truthfully it's a it's a V eight car with a three twenty seven. And yeah. here's the thing: it wasn't just any three twenty seven, right? Right. It was the uh, it was the real deal. It came from Corvette and it was uh, sporting about 360 horsepower. Wow, that's pretty strong. So a Corvette 327 stuffed inside one of these uh, these smaller (laughs) Nova SS bodies. Amazing horsepower. What, what does this mean for speed? Uh, speed was remarkable. It had sub seven seconds, zero to 60 times, which is pretty fast considering the era. You got to think back, you know, again, 1962. That's what uh, 42 years ago. Is that right? No, 52 years ago, Ben. That's 52 years ago. Good We're getting grief. up there, man. Good grief. And a top speed of over 130 miles per hour. Now, obviously, this is one of the best factory sleepers of all time, really, if you, if you think about it. Yeah. And, uh, Speaking of the uh, compact sleeper of the Nova SS, we can't mention that without mentioning number nine, uh, same year, 1962 Dodge Dart 413. Yeah, that's right. And the 413 means a 413 cubic inch max wedge engine. Now, of course, you know, the Hemi engines were getting all the, uh, all the press at the time, right, right? Yeah. So this one didn't quite get the, uh, quite get the props, I guess, that it should have. But I want to tell you that this max wedge engine, uh, had a lot of really great features. It had aluminum pistons, solid lifters, and a 13.5 to 1 compression ratio. So that means that this thing could put out 420 horsepower, Ben. Yeah. Which is incredible. I mean, it's super fast. If you take a look at the car, that car does not look like it, it has no. a 420 horsepower engine. It's definitely another sleeper. So this is uh, kind of like the Dodge version of the Chevy Nova that we just talked about. Yeah. Uh, now Max Wedge cars, you know, they, they have, they're pretty popular among Mopar enthusiasts, you know, they know a lot about them. Right. But for GM and Ford guys, they pretty much don't know a whole lot about these these Max Wedge vehicles because, you know, they're accustomed to hearing about the, the Hemi vehicles. Right, which goes back to timing almost because had the Hemi not been around when when the Wedge came out, then I don't know what kind of history would we end up well, having. Well, possibly, but, I mean, some people are out there and they know what to look for, and if they can find a Max Wedge car... They're definitely going to buy it. You know that, that is true. That very, is true. very strong. So, okay, number eight on our list here, Ben. Mm-hmm. A 1969 AMC Javelin 390. Oh man, I love it. Mm-hmm. AMC muscle cars. I I feel the same way that the author of this felt. You know, you have to wonder if you learn a little bit about muscle cars. Why don't more mainstream fans recognize AMC? Like yeah. AMC is this this author calls it one of their forgotten secrets. Now let me tell you something. I in high school I had a friend who had an AMC Javelin, mm-hmm. and I don't know anything about it other than he had an AMC Javelin. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what motor he had in there. I, I'm not sure you know exactly what was going on there, but it looked so cool. I mean, it was really an interesting body design. It was something completely different out there in the high school parking lot. Yeah, uh, it was really really nice. It was, uh, that was in 1989, so it's 20 years later. Oh, okay. So it was definitely a, uh, a a different body style than what we were accustomed to seeing. You know, most of the uh, the people driving to school in their Ford Escorts and things like that. You know? <laughs> right. So um, this car, though, I mean, it really stands up to the competition because in 1968, this vehicle was pitted in a magazine against uh, the Camaro SS, 
the Mustang GT, the Barracuda Formula S, uh-huh. the Cougar XR7, and the Firebird 400 high output. No, not the fastest of them. No, no, it didn't. Uh, it wasn't necessarily the fastest out of these, but it did rank above the others in handling and comfort. Now, you don't think that's something that's important, right? I understand. Right. So this car had a four-speed Hurst shifter, and if you got the hottest version of the 390, you know, the top-end version of the 390, mm-hmm. it was rated at 330 horsepower, so pretty strong. I mean, look at the body. It's not that big. 330 is pretty good. And uh, the car was capable of running, you know, the quarter mile in the high 13-second range at speeds over 100 miles per hour. So, again, pretty strong. Not a lot of people think about the AMC Javelin 390. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Yeah, because I, I think for a lot of people, it's all about the speed, just the straight speed. Mm-hmm. So I can see how that got ignored. But let's go to number seven, the 69 AMC Hearst SC Rambler. Ah, yes. Now, that's a long name, Ben. But the, the in 1969, AMC decided to follow the great credo of muscle cars, and they would, <laughs> would stuff a giant motor inside of a small car. And that's exactly what they did with the Scrambler. Now, this one had a 390 as well and um, found its way into the Javelin as well as the AMX. But this car was the lightest of the three cars, and it could really, really uh, accelerate on the quarter mile, well over 100 miles per hour. 
Um, it was completely ridiculous in appearance. That's the problem with most of these cars. You know, I mean, it had the uh, the red, white, and blue thing going That's for it. Hood um, scoop. Yeah, that giant hood scoop. A lot of people said that looked ridiculous and goofy. Um, you know, looking back, yeah. I mean, I think they're pretty cool looking. But I would um, drive one. It does look like a car that was built for the drag strip, and and that makes sense because it it competed in the NHRA Superstock mm-hmm. um, uh, series, I guess. Yeah, and it put uh, a lot of the doubters to shame, didn't it? Yeah, that's right, because it could it could run consistent nine second runs. That's amazing. That's a pretty fast car. Speaking of AMC, spoiler alert, guys. Uh, my favorite line of muscle cars being AMCs are going to dominate this list. Is it fair? Well, Ben, you're right. And, you know, there's a reason for that because all these AMC cars have one shared characteristic and that's that strong, strong 390 engine, right? Yes, sir. And that brings us to, speaking of that fantastic 390, uh, that brings us to the 69 AMC SS AMX. Mm-hmm, that's right. And in 1968, AMC decided to change their image to become more of a performance-oriented and youthful company. So by 1969, they were in the uh, the pony market car in full force at this time. Yeah, and they wanted to run this AMX in the NHRA Superstock, so they hired Hearst to tune it to be more competitive. Ah, not a bad idea, because Hearst, they know what they're doing, of course, Hearst Shifter Company. And this motor had a lot of uh, what they call goodies on it, right, Ben? It had uh, twin Holley carburetors, it had cross... It had cross-ram aluminum air intakes. Um, it had factory headers and a, and a 12.3 to 1 compressor ratio. Yeah, the the weird stuff about this car starts to come out the more you dig in. So its factory rating was a little bit disingenuous. Yeah, right? that's right. And on the uh, on the side that favors the consumer, right? Because yeah. Yeah, they rated it. The factory rating was 340 horsepower, but that was a joke, right? Yeah. The, the, what was the actual... Horsepower rating of this car, Ben. According to the NHRA, it was 420. Wow. <laughs> now take a look at this car. You know, take a look at, at a photo of a 1969 AMC SS AMX and tell me that that car has a 420 horsepower engine. It's a small car. Definitely, that would blow the doors off of anything, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of bang in a small package. Uh, there's one other fun fact everybody needs to know about the AMX. Yeah, and it's not something that's uncommon to AMX. This car was so wild that AMC did not offer any kind of warranty at all with this vehicle. So, you know, they uh, they just said it's outright too wild. There's no way. We know you're going to race it, so we're not going <laughs> to warranty it. Buyer beware. Once it leaves the store, it is in your hands. And just a heads up, that's not the only vehicle on this list that, did, that came with no warranty. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so we're back to number five on the list. Oh, I like this one, Ben. Yeah. This is a 1968 Buick GS400. Now, the problem with, uh, and I don't want to say problem, I guess, the uh, the situation with the Buick lineup was that Buick was typically a car for the rich man. I mean, it's somebody yeah. who wanted a luxury car, uh, but one that could still perform and didn't have to have the brash display of a Cadillac, as this article puts it. Right, yeah, it wasn't as showy. Right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I always love a Cadillac, but um, I, I guess I understand this at that time, you know, in 1968. Right. So what they did is they put together the Stage 1 special package. So what do you get here? You get a hotter cam, uh, higher compression ratio, uh, 11 to 1. Mm-hmm. You get a stronger valve spring package. And then, Scott, why don't you do the honors of the speaker? <laughs> Once more, Ben, this is one with over 400 horsepower on tap. So uh, this is a strong, strong car. I mean, the car would... would Right out of the factory, you could pound out a 14-second run and then cruise the boulevard just as smooth as any foreign car of the day, is how they put it. Now, I, I mean, I understand 
I understand that you know it may be a little bit embarrassing to be in a Buick at at that time, I guess, because you know if you were if you were a kid, oh, or not yeah. if you were a grown up, if you were an adult, understandable, right? And this would be the one that you would want to get this, if you were an adult, because one of the fun tricks to do with this would be to embarrass some of the younger kids who thought they had a really hot, fast car on the boulevard. Right. You'd be able to just blow their doors off with this thing because <laughs> uh, you know again. Kind of a sleeper, kind of not, because it did look kind of fast, but uh, they make a point to say that this was kind of like Buick's version of the BMW M3 in the 1960s, so you get the picture. I mean, this is a strong, strong car, uh, but to me it looks strong, so I don't know if I'd go so far as to call that one a sleeper. Yeah, and number four is not a sleeper either. This is a car that you're a fan of. I am, but you know what? In this particular, uh, th- this is kind of like, a, I guess, a wolf in sheep's clothing, Ben. Okay. Uh, in a way. Now, the Plymouth Barracuda gets a lot of, uh, it gets a lot of press, right? Yeah. But this is a different version. This is the 1969 Plymouth Barracuda 440. Now, okay. It was, they say it was probably just as brash as the Firebird Ram Air 4 of the time. Now, this is the, also the largest offering of a motor in any pony car ever. So you get the idea that this is a strong, strong car, right? The yeah. 440 engine was so big, and they had to cram it in there so tight, that there was literally no room for either power steering pump or a brake booster. So power steering and power brakes were just simply not available from the factory. Yeah, and uh, the engine had so much torque that Chrysler was worried a four-speed car would break any axle that they could make at the time. So every 69 Barracuda, instead of a four-speed, had the 727 torque flight automatic yeah, that's right so you know as badly as you wanted to be able to shift this vehicle to be able to row through the gears yeah you couldn't do it you had to get it with the 727 torque flight now i see that as a negative uh maybe i guess so but let me tell you something launching this car was really difficult even with an automatic because it was so strong they you know how strong it was ben here's how fast the zero to 60 time was all right five seconds zero to 60 now think about that this is 1969 <laughs> A five-second zero to 60, that's pretty darn fast. And, you know, a 13-second quarter-mile run at over 105 miles per hour, that's pretty strong. But that five-second zero to 60 time, I, I would say that even in the 1980s, late 1980s, if you were doing zero to 60 in, in six seconds, yeah, that was fast. Now, go all the way back to 1969, and this is a big car with a big engine, mm-hmm. lots of iron, mm-hmm. doing zero to 60 in, you know, five seconds, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and do a 13-second run at over 105. That is a strong, strong car. All right, so we're on to number three of the list here. Yep. This is the 1969 Mercury Cyclone Spoiler 2. Yes, yep. On NASCAR circuits, this car was actually a little bit faster than the Talladega. Yeah, isn't that something? I mean, yeah. this is faster than a, a NASCAR version of the car. And this is back when they ran actual stock cars. Back. Right, yeah. Now, this one suffered from a slightly underpowered 351 cubic inch Windsor motor, which, uh, compared to the Talladega's 428 Cobra jet motor, you know, which was a little bit stronger. Right. Uh, I understand, you know, that this one was, um, maybe not quite as much fun to drive because, you know, we're talking about the NASCAR version of anything, right? Yeah, but, um, yeah. but this one was a lot more streetable and it was just a more enjoyable car to drive all around. Now, if the rumors are true. <laughs> that's right. So what do the rumors say, Ben? You know, uh, I love a good mystery, Scott, and uh, you do too. There are a couple of mysteries surrounding the Mercury Cyclone Spoiler 2. Uh, one of those rumors, at least, is that there were some dealers who would give you one with a 429 motor. And that, can you imagine, 
what a beast this thing would be. Yeah, this is like a, a race car for the streets at this point. Right, yeah, but no one knows if it actually happened. There's not proof unless uh, unless you want to write in and let us know about your Mercury Cyclone. Yeah, the one that's out in the uh, chicken coop right now that's kind of riding away, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. A, a barn find car, Or right? the very well-maintained one in your chicken coop. Yeah, and honestly, the, even, the, even the version that we're talking about here, you know, the, the one of the 351 Windsor, the production numbers, the true production numbers of these cars isn't even known. So there's a lot of uh, mystery surrounding the 69 Mercury Cyclone Spoiler 2. Um, all right, so let's move on to number two. And um, this is a 65 Plymouth Belvedere 426. Yes, filed under speaking of wedge motors. Uh, no Mopar fan will ever say a bad thing about the Max Wedge Stage 3. Yeah, that's right. Forget the aluminum. This car had a magnesium intake bin, so it's got uh, some modern materials under the hood, right? Right, yeah. Uh, and uh, and the Belvedere was actually the smallest car that Plymouth had at the time, so they decided that they would put the biggest motor that they had in that smallest car. Why not? Yeah. What, me worry? Well, that was, the, uh, that was the era. See, that was the beauty of this era. It was 1965, and they decided to do it. Now, Chrysler refused to offer a warranty on the vehicle. See, here's another one where they uh, they outright refused to, oh, to say, well, fix it. my favorite part. Yeah, this is the best part. And it came with a warning that said that it was not recommended for general driving. So that means this is a race car. Mm-hmm. Do with it what you will. But, uh, you know, you break it, you pay for it. We're not fixing it. Still not the top of the game, though, for the Belvedere. Oh, definitely not. There was also a uh, another version with a 426 uh, that was so radical that it was not even street legal. Not even street legal, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Scott, we have come to number one on this list. And before we continue, I'd like to ask our super producer, Noel, for a drum roll. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to 
to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. That was good. That was good. He's switching up drum rolls. All right, so number one, the 1962 Chevrolet Bel Air 409. Ben, this is a car that they write songs about. <laughs> Although, I want to I want to point this out. You know, this is not the car that they actually wrote the song about because they wrote the song about the SS 409, the you know the 62 Impala, the Impala, yeah. the Impala SS 409. This was the Bel Air version, and uh, this is basically little more than just tires, seats, a shifter, and a giant engine. Right. Yeah. It's all so it's lighter than the Impala, and it can go up to 150 miles per hour. Excuse me, over 150 miles an hour. Over 150 miles per hour in 1962. Now, that's pretty remarkable. Now, the 409 Bel Air can actually run with a lot of the Chrysler Street Hemi engines and the wedge cars that we talked about, Ben, and you know how strong those wedge cars were. Yeah. And uh, it actually could put a lot of the, um, you know, the mid and early 1960 Fords to complete shame. Now, arguably, this is the fastest car available in 1962, Ben. Uh, you, you know, a lot of people at GM know that. They know that, you know, it was the the fastest vehicle that was out there in 1962, but because of its big brother, the Impala SS, you know, the 409 that we were talking about, yeah, um, that stole all the spotlight. And for whatever reason, you know, this 1962 Chevrolet Bel Air 409 just kind of got pushed to the side. But if you're a wise consumer and you're somebody who's out there looking for a, for a real deal on a hot rod, mm-hmm. this may be the one to look for. And you say, I don't need bells. I don't want whistles. Give me the biggest, meanest engine you have. That's right. Just, just bare bones power. That's what it was all about. So, you know, that's that's the thing about these lists, though, is that I'm sure a lot of people at the end of this are saying, well, what about this one? What about that? You know, and there's a lot of different uh, um, makes and models that, you know, we didn't cover here because we only talked about 10 or 12, or maybe right. 15 at the most. Um, what are your favorites? I mean, what's what's your favorite underrated muscle car? The one that we just don't hear about very often. Yes, and if you drive said muscle car, if you have some photos of it, we'd love to see those as well. You can send them to us on Facebook. You can drop us a line on Twitter. We also have our own website, carstuffshow.com, where you can hear every podcast we have ever done, which at this point is a lot. Yeah, we are very close to the 600 mark at this point. I don't think either of us knows which episode is going to be the 600th yet. No, not yet. Uh, We'll figure it out, I think. Yeah, maybe we'll do something. We're getting very close. We are getting pretty close. Uh, But email us, and maybe your idea for a topic will be our 600th episode. Our email address is... carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. 
What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you're committed to living a healthier life, you might want to look into working herbs into your wellness routine. There's a reason people have trusted them for thousands of years. Nature's Way understands that nature is the ultimate problem solver, and they're constantly inspired by the power of nature. For example, their ginger root and slippery elm bark have been traditionally used for digestive support. And St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top-quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.